here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. I think uh, we all would have seen the press release come out from uh, GWS Giants uh, over the weekend that Bobby Hill is the latest in a growing line of players to be diagnosed with testicular cancer. We know that North Melbourne's Ben Cunnington is still away from the game uh, or away from playing, uh, going through his treatment for testicular cancer. Um, we know that Sam Doherty is just the most motivational and inspiring story of the season. His second bout of testicular cancer he's returned from um, and is playing career-best footy and um, inspires week in, week out with the courage he's showing, not only to be playing, but the way in which he was playing uh, is as courageous as I've ever seen in the way he's just throwing his body um, into everything. Jesse Hogan, Robbie Gray in 2017. So I thought we'd um, get a man who probably, from my recollection, was the first player that, that we knew about publicly that had gone through this battle. Uh, Sam Rowe from Wodonga was rookie listed by the Swans in 2006. He was delisted at the end of 07, spent four seasons at Norwood, and at the same time did his apprenticeship as a chippy. He got a second chance with the Blues, pick 44 in the 2011 draft, and just when he thought that all that hard work uh, had paid off, another roadblock and a stumbling block occurred. Early 2012, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, a great lesson for us all to make sure we are all getting checked, which is something men really just don't do. So if you have to get your Jats crackers looked at, please make sure you do. But just to pick it up from there and tell us his story and give us his thoughts on what these guys are, are going through at the moment. Sam Rowe has been good enough to jump on 100 games uh, with Carlton and then the one to get to 100 with St Kilda. Sam, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries, Sam. Good to be on the show. Mate, pick it up from there. The day that you were diagnosed in 2012, as I said, you've gone through so much just to get another chance uh, to be on a list, and then this happens. Yeah. Oh, look, oh, it was an absolute com complete shock, of course. Um, I think anyone who, you know, like testicular cancer is a young man's disease, so typically everyone's young, they're fit, they're healthy, or, you know, so you think, and... Um, Look, it was certainly a shock um, to me and nothing that, you know, I didn't know anything about testicular cancer. Um, I didn't feel sick. Um, I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. So, um, like I'm sure that any other boys or um, anyone else that's been through similar things, it's, yeah, it's definitely a shock at the start. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the second um, most diagnosed cancer between men 20 to 39. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's basically the stats. So... Um, look, I've certainly learned a lot about testicular cancer over the years now, and um, it, it is a young man's disease. So um, I think once you get into your late 30s, the chances of um, getting testicular cancer um, really do drop right off. So, um, look, it's it's another reminder that um, we're not bulletproof, and I was certainly, you know, when I was diagnosed, I was 24, um, as you said, just got this second chance at AFL and, you know, it was on top of the world, seemingly, I thought, you know, I was, you know, giving, giving it everything to have this uh, second crack at AFL and was, you know, pushing really hard for that. So um, I was very naive. Um, I certainly didn't think there was anything wrong with me and I, you know, delayed, you know, actually getting it checked from when I first felt a, a hard lump in one of my testicles to, to actually seeing the club doctor. I, you know, I waited about a month, which in, you know, in real terms is not all that long, but... Um, mm. You know, this time doesn't have to be. Um, you, know, you know, no one should be waiting um, with just by thinking that you know we're young and, and we're invincible, really.
Talk us through what you then had to go through in terms of treatment and recovery. Um, well, the first um, thing that happens with testicular cancer is surgery. So everyone always gets it removed, um, which, you know, so that's the first thing that always happens. So testicle goes um, and then you go through, then they, they basically test it again and they, you know, there's different types, there's different grades of testicular cancer. So depending on what um, exact type it is, they will set out a treatment plan, which, you know, can be, um, that can just be it. So sometimes people can just have surgery and they think that um, the chances of it coming back are quite slim. Um, but for me, it was, um, you know, they sort of gave me the odds, um, you know, approximate odds really of, there's about a 20% chance to come back in the first 12 months if I didn't get chemo, um, and that was too much for me. So um, I certainly wanted to uh, not have that hanging over my head. So um, I certainly opted for the chemo um, treatment path. So that was uh, that was six weeks, so two mm. cycles of um, treatment in in hospital. And um, look, that was pretty tough. Obviously, chemo's it's not. Um, you know, not a nice thing to have done to you. So, but look, that's that was you know the toughest part of the treatment, definitely um, in hospital. And uh, like to be honest, it's harder for I, I I thought it was harder for my family and my wife and stuff seeing me being sick, and and then also seeing all the other people in in the oncology wards is is not a great um, place to be, but. Um, you know, it's pretty tough on all your family and, and friends as well because mm. it's you know they're probably there quite quite helpless really. Like everyone wants to help and um, and try to make it better, um, but um, it's just one of those things you got to go through sometimes. I, I would imagine that at that stage, and especially in the initial stages of your treatment, footy off you know falls way back in in your priority list. And and I would have thought at that moment that getting that elusive debut that eluded you with two years on the rookie list at the Swans and then a four year wait with Norwood. Um, I reckon that would have been the furthest thing from your mind. But when, when, <laughs> Look, yeah, yeah. when did it when did it start to creep up in your priority list, and and you started to make a a a, a plan to come back and, and to try again? Oh, look, pretty quickly, and I think um, I think it was really healthy to have um, an ambitious goal. And I, I think Doc, like I remember speaking to. Sam Doherty as well, and um, when he was just sort of starting it, and he's like, oh, you know, I want to get back from round one, and everyone sort of thinks that's it, really ambitious. You know, it's not probably not going to happen, but um, I think it's really healthy to have that goal. Um, so, look, I, I think, I can't remember exactly when, you know, I, I flicked back into, 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 you know, the mode of wanting to, um, you know, try and be successful in footy again, but it was pretty quickly, it was during treatment. You know, I was definitely... I wanted to get the treatment as quickly as I, as I could to um, make sure that it was gone. Um, and then my focus really quickly did go back to trying to make the most of this opportunity that I had um, playing footy. So then, you know, all of my effort um, and thought process tried to, you know, I tried to focus on footy and do, just give myself every chance that I could that, um, you know, if it didn't work out that, um, you know, I'd be comfortable that I gave everything I could. When you first step foot back into that exercise mode, I'm not aware of what I'm aware of is just how much physically and mentally it takes out of people to go through chemotherapy from the stories that I've listened to. Um, 
how much weight had you lost and how do you remember that first attempt at exercise and and how how far away did it feel um even to yeah. to be able to complete that let alone uh, get in uh, and play footy again Oh, look, I do. I, I actually put on weight, funnily enough, during okay. the team, mate. Like, I, I didn't get... Um, I was lucky in a sense that I didn't get really physically, like, ill. Um, like, you know, some people can get really nauseous and, um, you know, struggle to eat. But I luckily didn't get many of those symptoms, which was good. So, look, I was extremely unfit. I didn't... Um, I can remember I I got blood clots and stuff from the having the, the lines in your veins for so long. So I had a blood clot, so I had to... Um, yeah, basically not do anything and be on dinners for another, I think, few months following the treatment and stuff as well. So, you know, I basically didn't exercise for six months. So uh, I remember, I do remember going for a jog back at the footy club and, you know, everyone's watching, gives you a, a good cheer and that, that, you know, certainly gives you that. That first run was, was pretty good when that first effort was really when everyone was clapping and watching. And as soon as everyone looked away, I think I basically killed over and, um, struggle to get in any breath but um look it's in some sense it's uh, in footy it's it's good because you have so many great resources around you so mm. you tried to treat it treat it like a long-term injury and you know your health is being monitored by the doctors um you know pretty closely but then um you basically just start to build your body back up with all the fitness staff and you know, it's a slow, it's a slow burn, definitely at the start. But um, yeah, they, you know, everyone just gauges your body, and you gauge your body yourself, and push yourself as much as you possibly can. And um, I think in footy and in AFL, especially, you have to learn to push yourself as hard as you possibly can. And you know, those sort of things are another challenge that you know I sort of learned over the time that I, I like challenges. So that was certainly one of the biggest ones that I've had over my time. But it was a good one to. To attack, really. Speaking to Sam Rowe on the Maccas run, uh, former Blue, former Saint, uh, 100 AFL games. Uh, it took over six years uh, to get there after he was first taken by Sydney onto their rookie list uh, about a testicular cancer in 2012 and his comeback from that. Sam, have you had much to do with Sam Doherty in, in his two bouts or Ben Cunnington or, or Bobby Hill? As I said earlier, Jesse Hogan had surgery um, uh, in May of a couple of years, in 2017, to have a a lump removed, and I think uh, Robbie Gray may have gone through something similar. Have you had anything to do with any of those guys? Yeah, look, I have. Look, I'm um, good mates with Sam Doherty, obviously from um, my playing days as well. So I certainly um, was in touch with him, definitely throughout his treatment. And um, look, I'm really proud of the way he's come back from his footy, and I was never really too surprised that. Um, that he would come back and be successful. Um, I'm, you know, everyone probably, I probably thought that it might have taken him a little bit longer to get back, but knowing the character that he is, um, I wasn't surprised how hard he worked and um, how driven he is. And I'm really glad to see him playing some bloody good footy at the moment. But um, yeah, look, I definitely, I did touch base to a couple of those guys um, in the early days of their treatment. And um, what I have enjoyed is throughout all of this, not just in footy, but you know, you get people reach out um, all over the place, you know, normal people that reach out um, and just touch bases and, you know, tell their story. They might be just, a good, you know, starting their cancer journey as well. So it's been nice to be able to just, uh, um, you know, share my, you know, my experiences with other people because I think it is, um, 
it's calming and it's nice to just to speak to someone who's been through similar things, I think, especially mm. in those early stages where your head's spinning a fair bit and you don't quite know what you're going to be expecting and, you know, and, you know, the cancer's a scary word, obviously, but um, so it, it has been, I've, I have enjoyed um, just getting to know various people um, and, you know, touching base with them throughout all their, um, you know, their cancer journeys as well. How blown away are you by what Sam Doherty in particular has been able to do, not once but twice now, and, and the way in which, you know, I know that, as I said, footy's very much secondary to our, our lives and to our health, but from a, a sporting point of view to see he's probably in career-best form, which is just extraordinary and incredibly yeah. um, just a beggar's belief. But what have you made of it? Oh, it, it is very special. Like, seriously, it's um, for, for him to come back so quickly from his chemo, number one, to recover so quickly and then for his form to be so strong. It is an incredible effort. I don't think, um, you know, I'm not, I don't think anyone is underestimating it, but it is just for him to be so consistent um, in his in his return has been amazing. Um, but, I mean, I'm not surprised um, by the amount of effort and work that he's put in to get himself there because, you know... It, he was a previous captain of the club and, you know, clearly still a leader of that club as well. And that was, everyone respected his leadership because of his work rate and his desire to, to be the best himself. And he's, and he's always tried to make the team better. So, um, it really is, it's, it's still inspirational for me to, to see him do that, even though, you know, I'm certainly not playing any, anymore, but, um, I'm really, really happy to see him going so well. And I'd, and no doubt there'd be um, so there'd be Bobby Hill um, seeing how well Doc's going now. You know Ben Cunnington who's still going through it obviously at the moment, but not just AFL. Like and I'm sure Doc's had plenty of people reach out to him. He would be an inspiration to other um, ordinary people. I say I say ordinary people, not you know, oh, no, you know, non-athlete. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah, other people going through life mm. um, that would be going through the same things as what Doc's gone through and they'll, they'll see that as absolute inspiration to um, achieve what they want in life as well. And I think um, sometimes I, I think, I don't know whether Doc would realise that um, completely at the moment, but um, I hope he does and I hope he um, at some stage sort of sits back and realises what he's done will, will be helping other people enormously. So I think he'd be extremely proud of what he's been able to do and not saying he's finished, but like he'll he'll get he'll get better. I know he'd be really driven to be a premiership player, and I hope the Baggers get there this year. That'd be very good. Uh, but no, I'm I'm really really proud of Doc and what he's been able to achieve since he's come back. Hey Sam, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your insights and just uh, retelling your story with us. Um, I think it's an important one, an important one for anyone with any health concern. But when it comes to this one in particular, if you've got a concern, go and just check it out with your GP. Uh, the sooner you get onto these things, the better off you are. Mate, thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.